Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Now that I've told you, you're welcome to forget it right away and use the space that you have left over to chastise something. doesn't matter what. Hello? Are you listening to me? Everything is amazing. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello! Hello. We're back in the attic after last week's podcast, which we were on location. Mm. I was on location on holiday. Annabelle was on location in your bedroom. It was, yeah. And has that got you to thinking, why do I leave the house to come and do this? Most minutes I'm thinking about that. Yeah, I wouldn't have to come and park here. <laughs> How is the parking going for you? It, actually, I parked really well today. I was so proud. I almost well, so invited... only, only took you six minutes <laughs> to get into a space? I almost invited you out to come and, and have a look and like how close I was to the curb. But yes, I did very well. Oh, I might come, come and have a look. Please do. Because sometimes I've thought when I've seen how far from the curb that you've put, mm. parked, mm. I've thought of getting you a little jetty, <laughs> like a little ramp. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the greatest parker. But no, it's good for me to get out of the house once a week, so I'm happy to be here. I just want to say as well, like I can't even drive, so why do I feel <laughs> entitled <laughs> to make jokes about your parking? To mock my parking. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um so I, I celebrated my wedding anniversary this weekend. Mm, congratulations. Which which is odd because my wedding anniversary is next weekend. Oh, you're stretching it out, were you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's to do with the fact that we were on holiday and we were trying to sort of st- stretch the holiday out. But I do find myself in a weird position whereby we've already had the celebration last weekend, but we'll have to acknowledge it in some way when it actually falls on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like a hypocrite because I think I can be really down on other people dra- dragging out celebrations for too long. Mm-mm. I think your celebration really can only straddle one weekend unless it's got a zero on the end of it. I'm afraid I agree. That's yes. birthdays, anniversaries, yeah. and and so on. Um, and it's it's our, you know, they give a different material to every year you've been married. So yeah. you know, golden is fifty, and diamond is is diamond seventy five, or is it sixty? Is anyone married for seventy five years? <laughs> anyway, so we're still in that early stage. It's our fifth anniversary, so we've been through things like paper and fruit and polystyrene and, and oh, well, I don't know what they have, right, polythene right. and I don't oh, know what materials, okay. nylon, I, I, I genuinely don't <laughs> nice know. Nice modern ones yeah. there. Uh, and this weekend is wood. Okay. Uh, fifth anniversary, it's our wooden 
wedding anniversary. So um, I just don't know what to do. I have to adhere to that. Well, it's not the law. Do we want? But Sarah always does. Oh. So I feel as if I have to. And then I'm thinking, what am I going to get her? I'm going to get her a canoe. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you should get her a canoe. Yeah, okay. I mean, can, yeah, a, w- a wooden canoe. That, yeah. Okay, that's that that's solved. I'll tell you what I love is when people try and pretend that modern items are made out of wood when they're not. Oh, okay. You know when you see a laptop case? Yeah, yeah. To make it look like it's a wooden oh. laptop. Like, who are you fooling with that, really? Is that specifically designed for Amish people <laughs> who've got shame and they don't want their friends and relatives to know that they're using a digital piece of equipment? Oh, that must so be they're like, it. oh, look, it's not, it's not really electric. No, it's one of these wooden laptops <laughs> that you get these days. Yeah. Um, so we, we went out this weekend. Uh, and actually, I'll come on to that in the incident because something happened. Mm, but okay. but we, were, we were walking back from where we'd been for our anniversary celebration mm. and past a Japanese restaurant and they'd got a sign up on the wall saying umami. Oh, yeah. You know umami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I casually said to my wife, you know what I find really irritating? When people talk about umami, like they're sharing a big secret. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, they always talk about like, there is another flavour beyond sweet and sour and salty. There is umami but we've only known about it for a few years I know, but, but we have known about it a few years and yet everybody who ever mentions it, it's like they're <laughs> revealing <laughs> one of the mysteries of the world <laughs> which I, I thought was uh, i thought that was some strong conversation on my part i was quite pleased mm-hmm. with the marital conversation mm. anyway she then says can i tweet that Right. Which puts me in an awkward position because mm. as I was saying it and my wife was laughing, I'm thinking, oh, that made my wife laugh. Maybe I could say it on a drift. Oh. But she's already saying, can I tweet it? Oh, so, so it looks like you've stolen her tweet. Yeah, so I say yes and she tweeted it and she got mm. oh, 30 likes or whatever. Mm. But I, I do think, you know, I did a better job of explaining what I meant there <laughs> than she did in the tweet. You mentioned this to her? Not yet, no. I, I find often in my marriage mm. a good way of addressing things mm. is bringing it up on the podcast and then hoping that she hears it. Yeah. It gets it off your chest, but you get away with it, yeah. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. How's the email inbox looking, Annabelle? Oh, you're doing okay, yes. Well, yeah. we, we always welcome more. If you haven't yet shared your story, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This first one's from Alex Skidmore. I have so much material to draw from, a metaphorical Rolodex of embarrassment. <laughs> lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. But my latest moronic incident is probably best for sharing as the shame is so fresh and painful. And after all, a cringe shared is a cringe halved or something like that. Let me preface by telling you that I'm not my most comfortable around sales folk. I typically don't want what they're selling, but instead of using the simple no response, the people pleaser inside me not only stands around listening to their pitch, but signs their various papers and even accepts (laughs) their request to come to my house for the next far more intensive level of hard sell. Cut to the salesman from a utilities company knocking on my door. Come in, my wife and I say. Can I get you a cup of tea? We ask. Oh, yes, please, comes the response. Good start, right? What can go wrong, eh? In the space of about half a second, my internal monologue unravelled like this. Oh, how lovely. He seems like a nice enough gentleman. How painful can this be? Relax, big man, I tell myself. Oh, I know. He told me on my phone that he's just had a baby. Ask him how that's going. Hey, how's the baby? I ask. Oh, she's fantastic, he replies. Oh, lovely, my wife says. What's her name? Well, we're thinking of Opal. Now, 
Isn't that such a nice name? It's a jewel for heaven's sake. As a father of two children myself, I know how difficult it can be to find the right name for these little love bundles can be. So it's no surprise that what I said next was cause for my wife to give me the sideways stare of the century and the cringe factor to sweep over my body like an angry massage. Nice, I said. Her second name can be Fruits. What was I thinking? (laughs) As soon as the words fell out of my mouth, I wished that I could suck them back up like spaghetti and forget the whole thing had happened. The salesman, who obviously couldn't react because he was here to sell something, let out a half-hearted chuckle, but I knew I'd stabbed him in the heart (laughs) with my apparent callous disregard for his name choice. My wife, however, who wasn't trying to get me on a cheaper energy tariff, gave me the most disappointed (laughs) sideways stare I've ever seen in my life. In my mind, I could hear her disbelief. Her mouth was open, her eyes wide. The damage was done. It's a lovely name, she said in an attempt to move on. Oh, yes, I bumbled. Absolutely lovely. And then, as if to finish the job, no one knows what opal fruits are nowadays anyway. If you called her Starburst, then you'd have a problem. Shut up! Stop speaking! Stop flapping your lips and let the conversation move on! The salesman was good about the whole thing, delivering his pitch as best he could. But I know it stayed with him because he mentioned it on the way out. Yes, goodbye. And I assure you, my daughter's second name won't be Fruits, he says on the way out of the door. <laughs> no, no, I stutter. Opal is such a beautiful name. The best name ever. So unique. So original. I wish I called my daughter Opal a jewel. <laughs> I splurt out and attempt to rectify my comment a little effect. My wife, bless her, who was no stranger to my social ineptitude, thankfully just gave me a head shake and spoke nothing more of the incident. But for me, it's just another disaster on the heap cringe that is my life. Onwards to the next. Well, I really hope you signed up for his energy tariff. <laughs> yes, definitely. Because I, I think I would have said exactly the same thing. I, I defy anybody over a certain of a, a certain age not to hear the word opal yeah. and straight away th- think fruits. I then think it's a smaller, more select group of us that would say that out loud. Yes. But then out of awkwardness, I would have definitely signed up for the thing, hoping that it would make him like me and undo the damage <gasps> Maybe done. that's his technique. Yes. Yeah, yeah he always yeah. says opal. They say fruits and they feel bad and sign up very clever anyway beautifully written email yeah lovely Uh, and this is from tony i really need to tell you about a dreadful social interaction from this week when i told my wife about it i felt myself going red and that really happens to me these days as a bit of background my job takes me to various sites where i work as an engineer in my efforts to appear like a normal and functioning human being i tend to chat with people as i go about my work One morning, a woman who I'd spoken with the previous day was in obvious discomfort, so I asked her what was wrong. She explained that she'd somehow hurt her neck and that she's looking to buy a heated pillow to help ease the pain. We spoke about different options she might try and she bought the pillow online as we were talking about it. As time went on that day, I started to feel like I was coming down with a cold or even worse flu. I really wasn't well at all and decided to drive home. Unfortunately, on my journey home, somebody then drove into the back of my car at some force and my head jolted back in the process. Sorry for all this information, but I thought the context was necessary and may go some way to explaining what happened the day after. Anyway, I woke up the next morning and was aching all over and was really not in a good way. Now, this was either due to the car accident or the cold or flu, and I was struggling to move my neck properly. Fast forward to me arriving at work and as soon as I got out of my car, who should be standing there but the woman I mentioned earlier and it was obvious to me that she was still in pain. I hadn't noticed her until I closed my car door so I found myself stood right next to her. 
What I blurted out will, I'm pretty sure, haunt me until my dying day. I looked her in the eye and said these words. I was really stiff earlier and I was thinking about you. (laughs) (laughs) She, She just gave me a cold hard stare. As soon as the words left my lips, I knew that they sounded absolutely disgusting. As she made her way off from me, I saw that she was walking to the other side of the building. I offered her a lift, which would have saved her a five minute walk. She said she was fine and was happy to walk. I'm in my 40s, so I think the days of someone just thinking, oh, the poor lad doesn't realise what he's just said, are probably well behind me now. It's very likely that I will never see her again. And I'm fairly sure she's not going to have an issue with that. Poor Tony. Poor poor Tony. Tony. Uh, Please share your story. If it's blurting stuff out, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Just your your general failures to interact with other people. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Later, when you go for a walk, you can take this show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just, it's. It's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's that time in the podcast where Annabelle tells us a story. Annabelle? Yes. What's the story about this week? It's about keep fit. Okay. And I think keep fit is definitely the right expression here. Mm. Not sports or exercise. Nothing with any connotations of anything gruelling at all. That's not my scene. No. But I have experimented with some keep fit over the years, trying to be a bit healthier mentally and physically. And I have told the story before of my attempt to start jogging. I can't remember why I decided that it might be a good idea to go jogging, but I think it was around the one and only time I went to watch the London Marathon. And I got really weirdly emotional about all these people running and everyone cheering them on, even though it was just people running with people cheering them on. (laughs) It wasn't the time my dad ran the London Marathon, though, because I didn't go to that, which was nice of me. I was a teenager, though. And the second time he ran a marathon was in New York, so it's fine that I missed that. Although I would have liked to have seen that one because my dad wore his name Robin on his vest and teamed it with Union Jack shorts so that he was carried through the last 300 yards or so of the course by crowds of hundreds chanting, come on England, come on Robin, over and over again, which he said was amazing. So I think because of that, because of the London Marathon I saw, I think I'm associating running with something beautiful about humanity, like strength in numbers, support, overcoming the odds, resilience. So I put on some leggings that had gone baggy at the knee like anything tight around the leg does for me. There must be something wrong with my knees. I don't know what it is. They're very sharp. Are know. they knobbly? I think they must be. I think mm. they're very knobbly. So I'm wearing these baggy leggings with a T-shirt and trainers and off I go. And I'm living at this time in Bow, East London. So if you were imagining me setting off along rolling fields or a glistening seafront, you were very much mistaken. I'm running through a council estate under bridges with burnt out cars. And I'm not saying that for effect. There really was a bridge with a burnt out car. And I'm also running past a gang of a very terrifying looking youths. And I can't give you any more details about them because my brain just registers youths and goes into panic. (laughs) And I've got to jog past them, an unfit 30-something in baggy leggings. And I'm obviously dreading the comments, the jeers, maybe the spitting or pushing or stabbing. So I'm very, very tense as I go past and I can feel their eyes on me and I can feel I'm about to get a reaction. And as I go past, one of the youths opens his mouth and sings, run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. (laughs) The World War II classic musical song, Winston Churchill's famous song. 
And it was so unexpected that I didn't even find the bit about here comes the farmer with his gun, 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 a, a sinister hors d'oeuvre to the main course of my shooting. <laughs> I joined a gym after that because I needed to keep fit in a safe space with other like-minded people. And I realised that I did really need to go to a gym when I discovered that I was so feeble that when I approached the automatic door to the gym, they just wouldn't open for me. And that is a difficult situation to be in, as all you can do is go back and walk towards them again and hope this time they register your existence. Or you sort of have to stand on the same spot and lunge bits of yourself forward to try and activate the sensor. And neither of these options make you look sane. Especially as it didn't even seem to be faulty when I was standing there in front of them still closed and maybe like a small child would come along and they'd immediately open. I remember I used to find myself wondering if I even existed at these points in time. Am I a ghost? Yes, that's yeah. what I would think that. I don't know why I thought the gym would be any better. I had an induction and went three times a week for several months and it made absolutely no difference at all to my fitness. I just felt like I was doing it wrong and I was too shy to ask for help. And I didn't have any confidence because I had actually joined a gym before when I lived in Mexico. There was one near my flat and I thought it'd be a good idea. I can't remember why. So I'd go to this gym a few times a week and I'd do exactly the same routine every time. And there was a lady there, a fellow gym goer, who didn't speak any English, but she tried to speak to me in Spanish and she tried to say something, but obviously I never understood. I never spoke a bit of Spanish, but the words she was saying, I had no idea. Until one day she came up to me and she said with a heavy accent, I won't do the accent, you do the same things every time. You will never improve. She had been so despairing at the way I'd used the gym, so <laughs> exasperated about how I was wasting my time that she'd learned and memorised a sentence in another language. <laughs> so I stopped going. That was the only way to deal with that situation. No other. And I said, I don't think I'm ever going to be cheered on by hundreds of people shouting, come on, England, come on, Annabelle. Unless I ever decide to sell tickets to the spectacle of a grown adult being so insignificant they can't activate an automatic door. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanour. Before we started recording today, Annabelle and I were talking about plans for the future, what we could do. And I know we've been talking about these live shows and... Um, <laughs> You know, much like many of our endeavours, we don't seem to have have gotten past the talking stage. No, no. I'm not really sure that I can call it an endeavour. But some people, they, they don't bother with the talking bit. They just go and make a mess of it. At least we're doing the planning. This is true. But yeah. then I, I was just thinking, uh, listening to your story there, that uh, at your live show, you could come out in Union Jack shorts <gasps> and people could shout, Come on, England, come on, Annabelle. Come oh, on, England, come on, Annabelle. Don't. That would be mm. amazing. A little thought there. So, yeah. um, But, you know, plans are afoot. Oh, clearly. Plans are afoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, things things do happen just at a glacial pace. So, for example, the Partners podcast is available now. Yes. Mentioned this on last week's show um, that, that we put it out on Patreon over the weekend. Have you listened to it? I'm, I told you last week I'm not going to listen no, to it. No, I haven't. I, I'm tempted. Emily Harrison, who edited it for us, yeah. said, Give, given the kind of things you talk about, Jeff, uh, I don't think there are too many surprises with regards to you, but it's quite the eye-opener about Annabelle. Oh, I'm, have to, I'm listening to it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to listen to it and then put out some kind of statement that he, Tom is a blurter. He doesn't think and he says things that aren't true. Honestly. Take whatever he says with a pinch of salt. No, what's he said about it? I don't know because I haven't listened to it. Oh, no. You could sue him. He's such a blurter. You could sue him. He often says things and I think he just... that's not you just not true what you just said. What's an example of I can't that? Think of one. Okay. 
Oh, no, I'm so nervous. Anyway, so Did that's... you say in a good way or about in a bad way, isn't it? I don't think... Let me see if I can find the email. Let me oh, just, uh, no. It should be, should be up I'm here, worried so. that I'll listen to it, then I'll have to break up with him, and then, oh, I'll have to be a single parent, and I've got no energy to be a single parent. I don't have the resilience. <laughs> I should just shouldn't listen to it. Here's what she says. I will say to me, there's nothing in there I found mortifying or that you and Sarah haven't talked about on the podcast already. Oh, no. We got a little more insight into Annabelle but still uh, nothing I would consider horrific. And then in brackets, then maybe, maybe she feel, feel differently. differently. Uh, but oh. I don't know if you need to warn the subscribers that it might not be suitable for younger listeners. Oh, what's he said? Oh, God. <laughs> That'll be my filthy wife. Oh, yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> Why was I worried for even a second? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, well, it isn't, isn't that interesting? So, um, so uh, that's, that's out there now. And then we should get on with some other Patreon things in the near future. Yeah. The, the one that I've been thinking that we mentioned that we haven't done anything about yet is the Adrift Diet. Now, I want to be clear here because there was, there was an email from somebody who said, um, why are you sort of telling people to go on a diet? I don't mean it's a diet as in follow this and you'll lose weight. Mm. It's just like what we eat in a week. Yeah, it's just like a food plan. It's, it's yeah, the eating yeah. plan, yeah. It's, mm. it's not about weight loss. It's just, uh, I think we said at the time... We, when we were on the radio years and years ago, we got the DJ who came on after us to list everything he'd eaten that day and then we'd weigh him and guess whether it had gone up or down. And we used to do a feature uh, called The Shitting Forecast mm. where people would ring in and they would um, they, they would list everything they'd had to eat mm. and then Annabelle would predict their bowel movements. Mm, mm. And there is nothing more interesting oh. than what other people eat in any given day. So if people, and I totally agree, so if people think the same way, I think that what we should do is we should do a food diary for a week, yeah. write down everything we've eaten over a week, yeah. and then we'll send that to patron subscribers of what, I don't know, $5 and over? I don't yeah, know what. yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah, Because okay. actually I think, I think I'd, I'd be fascinated to see yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you'd be interested to see mine, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, I think you'd be horrified to see mine. Really? Anyway, uh, so all that's coming up soon. And the Partners podcast is available now. Just go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With. 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 Get with it. Adrift. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So I mentioned before that I went out for my wedding anniversary at the weekend. We went to a lovely restaurant, mm. which I'll give, give the name of the restaurant because I thought it was so good. Um, people might enjoy it. It's called Noble Rot. Oh, interesting yeah. name i think it's very big on wine which was lost on me on account of my alcoholism but mm. i think sarah had a nice couple of glasses of wine and and actually i think if you're a meat eater or a fish eater then you would enjoy the restaurant even more than i did as a vegetarian and that's not to say the food i had wasn't amazing because it was it was amazing but you just got more choice if you're not a veggie um what's the cuisine i'd say sort of like french bistro food okay. but like a really good version of it and the room was so wonderful mm. so it was you know a september evening and there's lots of wood around it felt kind of cozy and intimate and it'd be a great place to go for a sunday lunch i guess or mm. um but i just loved it it was like a really just a restaurant with a perfect atmosphere and i said to sarah like there was a timeless quality to it as well so it's a restaurant that i don't know if it was i think it was opened a couple of years ago but it feels like it could have been there for 50 years in mm. the best possible way anyway uh, all that being said, so we, we got presented with the menus and it was a menu that had the starters 
the main courses and the puddings all on the one sheet. Because sometimes you go to a restaurant and they don't let you know the puddings until after your main course when they bring out the separate menu, but they were all there. So I was sort of planning ahead what I was going to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I saw that they got an apple tart tatan for two. Oh, I love that. I do love an apple tart tatan. But, you know, for two dessert is a problem because you've got to persuade the other person that that's what they want yeah but anyway i've been fantasizing <laughs> about this particular dessert all the way through my starters mm. and my mains mm. uh and then it came to dessert time and i said to sarah what do you fancy she went well i don't really fancy the tart tatan and it was you know it's like a uh, dagger through my heart uh, and then i said so what are you gonna have she said oh we'll just get one thing and split it and straight away that annoyed me. Mm. You want one so, for yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and she or says, one for two. Yeah. I say, I say really, really? You don't want your own dessert? And she goes, no, I think I'll only have about three spoonfuls. And then she proceeds to dictate what we're going to have or at least say what she doesn't fancy. Right. So my, my, my question for the incident this week is, is that if should she still get to have an opinion mm. on the dessert mm. if she's only going to have three bites of it and we don't get to have one each? Yep. Okay. I find out in this week's The Incident. This week I sought advice from my friend, writer Laura Liu. Well, my my immediate reaction was definitely on your side. I would have felt the same way had I been sharing a dinner with my husband and wanting to order dessert and him like I could see it happening I can see him going well I'll just eat something that you are getting and me wanting full power because he's only going to have three bites that shouldn't you know he shouldn't get to make any decisions because I wanted a whole dessert I didn't want most of a dessert I wanted a whole dessert of my choosing not most of a dessert that somebody else had an input in (laughs) Well, that's a that's a different point because if you're not giving consent, then she shouldn't be able to have any of it at all. Much right. less a choice. Right. However, if you did say she could have three bites, and if you're looking at it from an ethical perspective, then I do think she should have a say because you're still sharing something. No matter how much she has, whether she has three bites or she has half of it or most but but of it, I, I was sh- I was sharing out of obligation I was put in a difficult position <laughs> where sharing was the only option available to me without ruining the rest of the anniversary of dinner right now now part of the reason <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about this is I, I kind of felt she should have just had a dessert and forced as much down as she could um and and you have a history of forcing food down my throat yes yes, yes. i'm retired now but i went through a period of my life where i was a competitive eater for a very short stint i should say but i yeah i competed in nathan's famous hot dog eating competition on july 4th and how many hot dogs did i eat like eight which is not that great it's really not so but, so, so what would a t- what would an average be in a competition like that well, in the women's division, um, let's see, Sonia the Black Widow, Thomas, won that year. And I think she ate in the high 30s. So Whoa! Yeah, that, that is, that is, a, that is a, a winning number. Eight is not. I wasn't last place, though. I was like third to last. 
Because I, 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 I've been vegetarian for a long time, but I think it would be quite easy. I'm imagining what it would like. I, I think I could just eat eight, admittedly veggie hot dogs now from a, from a standing start. Right. It's just, it, and it may be psychological, but it's it's a lot. Like you have ten minutes to eat as many hot dogs as you can. And the first one goes down pretty easy. The second one does too. But once you get to the third or the fourth or the fifth, or in my case, the seventh or eighth, it is, it is just, it is disgusting. And I love hot dogs. I do. I love them. <laughs> this competition actually ruined it for me. What, so. made, what made you want to do the competition? Had you been interested in competitive eating for a long time? Oh my God. I was just always fascinated with competitive eaters. And I had, in years previous, I had been a bonnet, which is basically <laughs> like a cheerleader of competitive eating. So that was my first, actually, experience. So so, so was, while the other people were competitive eating, you, you were there with what, pom-poms? Yes, literal pom-poms. Um, riling up the crowd beforehand. And then during the competition, <laughs> the bonnet are the girls who flip the number cards behind the eaters so that the crowd can see how many hot dogs their particular eater has eaten. <laughs> I know. So. It's, it's weird that that exists. It also, it also is weird that there is a crowd in the first place watching other people eat. Yeah. I mean, that is America right there. It's just <laughs> it's gluttonous. It's gross. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sale is written G L A P. Which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. Adrift. Couple of quick things. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one, I've started snoring when I'm awake. How's that possible? So I'll be sitting on the sofa watching TV. I'll be quite relaxed, but I'll be fully, uh, fully conscious and aware of what's going on. And then all of a sudden I'll hear my breath go. No. Yes. <laughs> That's like the most old man thing you've ever done. Is that a worry? <laughs> yes. Like, are there any medical professionals listening to Adrift this week who think, oh, Jeff, you need to get that looked at straight away? Because what it, I just want to be very clear here. Yeah, yeah. What it isn't is, you know, when you're with your partner and you're watching the, the TV and then one of you starts falling asleep and then pretends pretends that they're not asleep. Yeah, you're wide it's awake. It's not that I'm wide awake. I'm into whatever we're watching. But I just hear myself go... <laughs> You'll be having a nasty fall next. Honestly, I'm <laughs> genuinely worried about you. It's so weird. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, so that's the little thing. The the other thing I was going to mention is we've we've got a friend, uh, Becky, 
who her daughter was born around the same time as our son, Eugene, and she's just had another son. Oh. So we're recording this on Monday. The son was born on Thursday. Mm. Sarah's sort of desperate to go and see it. Mm-mm. I think it's too soon. Oh, it's, it's, it's a very difficult situation, going to see a baby. I think if I, if I had another baby, which I won't, I, I would say, apart from very close friends and family, no one could come around for the first six months. <laughs> six months? Yeah. yeah, because, like, the effort. The effort. No, we did that for the first two weeks. So my mum was here when Jean was born, mm. uh, and then she, she went home again the next day, and we sort of had this vow that we the first two weeks we were just going to have them to ourselves, mm. and the only exceptions we made were you came around for a couple of hours. One, one, and, hour, one hour. Was it one hour? Yeah, just I mean, because I was very you were a very thoughtful very careful person. to stay for one hour. And, um, and then, then my best friend Dave and his wife came mm. over for, for an hour or two. But, but that was it. I think you need those couple of weeks. Yeah. But does it differ? Does that situation differ if you already have a child? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Because actually you might want a bit of help with the other yes. child. Yeah, a yeah. distraction for the other one. Oh, I think it's a whole new situation, isn't so it? So I don't know what the rule is no, in, in no. this situation. I mean, obviously I want to put it off for as long as... As I can, mm, mm, mm. just to avoid any kind of interaction with anybody. Obviously, yeah. You know, what if we went round to visit them and there was somebody else visiting and I had to have a conversation with somebody I didn't already know? Oh, that's horrific. Isn't it just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, no firm rules on that. Maybe mm. I should write in myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone else could, yeah. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I drift. Well, I just alluded to my own little quandary there, and um, and now it's time for yours in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Okay, so this is from Abby, who says, I have a problem for rule school, etc. Mm. When I put on weight, it all goes on my belly, which may give you a feel for where this is going. On a semi-regular basis, two to three times a year, I am mistaken for being pregnant. We have two boys who we are very lucky to have, but that is enough for us. I am not and have no plans to ever be pregnant again. We are currently on holiday, which for me is an excuse to overeat and my belly is at wobbly proportions. Last week, I was chatting with a lovely Chinese lady, the mother of a boy my sons had befriended around the pool. She kept laughing and saying three to me and asking whether it was a son or a daughter. I was a bit naive and thought it was the language barrier and kept saying, no, no, just have the two boys until my son's new friend, who spoke fluent English, asked when the baby was due. I just laughed, mumbled something about eating too much and avoided them for the rest of the day. Yesterday, we got a golf buggy 200 yards from the hotel reception to its front gate, something my sons have been nagging us to do the whole time we've been here, but felt a bit unnecessary. We ended up sharing with another family, all squeezing in to fit us all. I joke about being lazy and the lady next to me nods knowingly at my belly and says, oh, but you've got a good excuse though. I reply, oh no, I'm just fat. She doesn't take the hint and says, oh no, no, you're not at all. When are you due? So I have to repeat that I am not pregnant, have in fact indulged a little too much in the local cuisine. Cue embarrassment and awkwardness all round. I feel so awkward, even though it is essentially she that has been rude. Mm. Such a cringeworthy situation. So, as this happens to me relatively frequently, I would like your advice on how to deal with it in future, especially as I now have a half a stone to lose, so the risk of another recurrence soon is high. Do I employ a girdle, as I have tried sucking my stomach <laughs> in and it's too uncomfortable to do all day? Do I buy a t-shirt saying, I'm not pregnant, I just like my food, thereby forewarning and preventing any future inquiries? Or do I just play along and give a random due date, as this says awkwardness embarrassment for all? I eagerly await your suggested solution, as I'm sure you'll understand how awkward this kind of social interaction is. So my instinct is just to 
pretend that you're pregnant and go along with it. Oh, no, that's too awful. But no, then that but- makes the other person feel better. So, oh, I don't know. <sighs> Because no, everyone's because upset. Because the his, person who got it wrong is upset, and you're upset. So what was the name again? Abby. So I get the sense, and I could be wrong about this, that Abby, you feel quite comfortable in your own body, and yep. you know your weight goes up a bit, and your weight goes down a bit, yep. and this stuff isn't bothering you in a certain way when people say it. Because it's just the, I think it's more the embarrassment of other people that makes you feel. Yeah, bad, yeah. So, so I think if if the problem was that you know you you were uncomfortable and you were made uncomfortable by people saying this and you felt that they were passing judgment on your body in some way mm. then i mean i don't know if it would be a particular driftery type of thing to do but you you know that then the need would be there to kind of call these people out a bit but since you don't and i, I could be getting it wrong but you seem pretty comfortable and you just know it's how it is with you and sometimes you're a bit bigger sometimes you're a bit smaller but you just like your body however it is then just let them think that it just it just makes mm. it easy doesn't it mm. the trouble is then if you um if you were to see them again at some point oh. <laughs> they're having to play along it's the living the life yeah, yeah. the lie that could spiral out of control you end up saying what hospital you're having yeah, in, whether you have yeah. you know it's but just that could be quite much. fun yeah making up a little uh, little uh, fantasy I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, well, so that—that's my take. What's yours? I would, um, if someone ever said it, just feign sudden deafness or something. Just be like, I can't hear anything. What's happened? <laughs> so, someone called an ambulance. I can't hear anything. <laughs> no, no. All right. Um, okay. It's, it's a very I, tricky one. Yeah, yeah, but I think yours is probably the best solution. Yeah. I think so. I think think if 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 it was upsetting you, I'd, I'd give you a different bit of advice. Yeah, yeah. But since it isn't, I mean, it's just the path of least resistance. But hold on a we should be giving advice to other people. To don't say anything until you know for sure. No, that's no. The, no sorry, scrap all that. I can see is... somebody who I I am ninety nine point nine 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 percent certain is about to drop a baby. Yeah. and I wouldn't say anything just in case. I I'm the same, even if. It's a hundred percent. I'm because yeah. I'm terrified. Uh, yeah, I think. That, let, let, why are we giving a rule for Abby? Let's give a rule for everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Don't say anything unless they're wearing a badge or they've mentioned it first. Yeah. Okay. Good. Here's a second one. This is from uh, Stuart and Sue. We are in urgent need of help from the Glatt Clinic problematic with the Royal School. We are currently on holiday in the beautiful Greek island of Santorini. Our hotel is atop a hill and the only way into town is along a road where most of the the restaurants reside and where the maitre d's lurk outside to lure you into their establishments. My wife is from Yorkshire where it is customary to say hello to everyone and be nice and you're considered rude if you don't. Herein lies our problem. In the two days we've been here, she's promised our custom to 15 to 20 maitre d's. We can't go to them all in the few days we have left and we worry about letting them down and then possibly going bankrupt given Greece's economy. <laughs> now we live in fear of leaving our hotel room. What shall we do? Any advice gratefully received? I mean, just don't leave your hotel room. <laughs> you can room service. What would you do in that situation? I mean, this is this is the sort of thing that I feel that I would have, uh, a, a situation I could quite easily get myself into here. It, it is awkward, but... Oh, I know what I know exactly what I do. What I'd keep saying, oh, yes, we'll come, we'll come to yours. Um, and if you, what I do as I make out, I was on a two week holiday. We'll come to yours next week, definitely next week, and then just leave and then. But have they already said we'll come tomorrow? We'll come the night after? Or? No, it doesn't say that, does it? It just says they're going to be coming, or does it say tomorrow? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good strategy. I, I think that's the way. Just say, oh, yeah, we'll definitely come to you next week. Then once you've left, who cares? Just never go back again. Yeah. 
Um, you put me off going there anyway, that long line of restaurants <laughs> with people hassling you. No. So I thought Santorini wasn't like that. <laughs> it sounds like Brick Lane used to be in East London. It was a nightmare. Rush Home in Manchester was the same. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think what I used to do in in Rush Home. I feel like I'd, I'd have some kind of expression that's suggested, I'm just popping down here and we'll be back in a bit. You know, like when you've been browsing in a shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of, okay, I'm just um, just going to go for a walk and think about it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of expression. But but it's a done deal. I mean, we all yeah. know I'll be coming back oh, here. Oh, yeah. The yeah. trouble is, though, if the person standing outside one restaurant sees you go into another. Mm-hmm. Give them a look like, next week. Say, I know, Best till last. Best till last. Best till last. Yeah. We're going to come to you on our very last night. It's a special treat. I mean, there is the option of disguises. Yeah, that's a good option. As well. Yeah. You know, pretend. it's difficult. To, pretending to be on the phone is a great lifesaver in so many situations, but if there's two of you, it becomes more tricky. Mm-hmm. Walking along, pretending to have an argument. Oh, that's a good one. Walking along, both crying. Yep. That's a good one. Yep. <laughs> Okay, we've, we, <laughs> yeah. I feel we've uh, helped a little bit there at least. If you have a situation where you'd like to know the rules, then you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com, and we'll try our best to, to tell you. was our podcast thank you very much for listening thank you to you if you support us on patreon it's hugely appreciated and the partners podcast as we mentioned earlier is now available and we will be uh, coming up with the uh, the adrift food plan as well available to patreon supporters if you're not one already why not join the ranks patreon.com stroke adrift thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music during the incident and advice this week came from Laura Lou. Laura is just great. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff she's written for various publications online and I highly recommend you look her up. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Carla Gowlett took the photos and Kim Rainey made our artwork. Share your story with us, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com And finally, run rabbit, run rabbit, run, run, run. Adrift. Adrift. So, it's the podications. Mm. This comes from Sharon Owen. It's just one podication this week, actually, isn't one. it? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. says, hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. hi. I'm hoping I'm not too late to request a wedding anniversary podication for my husband, Matt Owen, for as close to the 20th of September as you can, please. It seems appropriate to me that I dedicate a podication uh, through you, as you have featured regularly throughout our life together from when we used to listen to the Sunday evening repeats of your late night shows, when we had to take his two girls, my beautiful, genuine and kind bonus children, home after the weekend. I'd forgotten they even used to do that, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, To listen to your drive time show with my son after school and on to now when we discovered your podcasts. I'd like to dedicate this to him, as when I try to tell him lovely things, I either get over-emotional or end up crying, uh, or I sound ridiculously insincere. I think I can relate to that. 
I imagine that you you just never try. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't be an easy one for you to understand. Mm. Um, we've been together for sixteen years and married four of those. We've had our ups and downs, but as Huey Lewis said, "Well, it's backed by the news." I'm so happy to be stuck with him. Mm. Yes, it's. Oh, I might have to listen to that once mm. we're done. Uh, please, could you tell him I'm thankful each and every day that he came into my life and that he brought with him a whole new, wonderful, extended family that welcomed me with open arms. He is my reason for getting up in the morning and my reason to go to bed at the end of the day. He has been there for me through bouts of serious depression, holding me or letting me rage, whatever I needed, whenever I needed. I'm getting a little um, emotional reading this. We could have one of those rare occasions where I cried during the publications <laughs> on our hands and try to diffuse it actually just by um, explaining what's going on. Um, he knows me better than I know myself and can frequently tell me why I'm grumpy before even I realise myself. He supported me through my mum's long terminal illness when I was her primary carer, as well as working full time and was my rock as she passed away. I was an only child stroke daughter to a single mum, so I was absolutely, absolutely devastated when I lost her. But Matt was so patient and tender with me, supported me emotionally, as well as all the red tape that surrounds death. All through this, he was studying for a degree for work, as well as working more than full time and still managed to keep both himself and me together. He has been a wonderful influence in my son's life and they have a great relationship, so much so that my boy, who lives away from home now, mostly only communicates through Matt. I could be difficult to live with, but he stands by me, encourages me, and makes me feel better about myself. For him, I try, but often fail to be a better person. Please tell him that he is the air that I breathe and the beat behind my heart. I honestly don't know what I'd do without him. Thank you. Oh, wow. How lovely. That is one of the nicest yeah. publications I've, I've ever read. The beautiful. Um, I'm so Imagine pl- someone liking you that much. So nice, isn't it? I can't. No, me neither. No. So pleased that you found each other. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, well, happy wedding anniversary. That's uh, that's a, a lovely thing to read. Uh, it's happy wedding anniversary to Matt Owen from Sharon. Another podcast next week. And if you would like a podcast, uh, publication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.